Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Australia takes control. Lugia finally beats Mew. And there are packs ready to be opened. Chuck, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? I cannot complain. It was a busy weekend, but it was a fun weekend. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, Paldeo Evolve um, is out now. So it's, uh, you know, people are getting ready uh, to start pulling those uh, nice new cards and then making, you know, a, a either uh, brand new archetypes or, you know, fixing or, or, or you know, testing up with new cards that comes from the set and seeing how it shakes up the meta. So it's an exciting time in the Pokemon TCG world. Um, but before we get to all the TCG world, how was your weekend? What did you do? Um, give me the highlights. Uh, well, we I mean, it was a pre-release on local night. So we did a pre-release. Uh, did not do well. Uh, I got... What did I get in the kit? Um, not... Murkrow, and not Baxcalibur. Tingaton, that's Tingaton, the one I got. Yeah, um, I, I ended mean, up, I ended up, I ended up trading it right away to for a Murkrow. So my kit is now a Murkrow kit. Um, but <laughs> uh, they, the uh, friends, uh, they were trying to collect all the promos, and I did not have any, uh, you know, allegiance to Tingaton. Um, and all I said was, if you trade me your a double promo you have, you can have my ticket time. So Murkrow it was, which is the other Pokemon I got in the pre-release. So it's Mur- Murkrow and Pink- Pinkerton, Tinkerton, and uh, quickly lost all of my games. Was not a very good. Yeah, the, the 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 Murkrow line, the birds. I don't feel is really good for pre-release. Um, one because uh, most kits what only got one professors and one Ultra Ball. Uh, so yeah. now a, a great way to thin early, obviously, if you had Tinkaton, you could still uh, thin that way. But again, finding your Pokemon, and you know, there's just consistency um, to get that out just to start thinning um, feels kind of bad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I couldn't get it to work. There was the, the, the funny part is the guy I played in the first round is we both had the same kit and uh, he he just hit his research before me. We yep. were, uh, I had put like the artisan. I could, I think I got all of my birds in my hand. And I was like, if I can just get the research, <laughs> like they're just sitting there in my hand. Yep. Uh, waiting to be discarded. Uh, but there is, there was no way to get rid of them. So I promptly, uh, lost because I think he did hit his, or at least he had gotten ways to get some in the discard to do some damage. Just enough so, damage to take the KOs. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it went downhill from there. Uh, I had fun with the some of the kids though too. We were, uh, you know, deciding, <laughs> breaking the rules and deciding games with uh, our rock paper scissors. Because uh, <laughs> Chuck's like, I can't get them in the discard pile. I might want to just let's play <laughs> yeah. rock paper scissors. It worked. That, it worked. The deck in wasn't the, working the deck. anyway, so <laughs> it worked in what was it the the stone journal? What what deck did you play again? Uh, yeah, I, I was I was saying I. Uh, I wanted to bring Dan back. I yeah, it. yeah, bring Dan yeah. back. Need <laughs> <laughs> to get more rock paper scissors in in the game. So right, right. Uh, yeah, so it was it was just a fun pre release weekend uh, on a Friday night. So nice. Uh, the rest of the weekend didn't go out to. I mean, there was a couple more I could have went to. Did not manage to go. Uh, managed to. I, I went and spent money on myself in in the in the in terms of 
shopping for clothes and shoes and all that other jazz. Oh, come that on. You have to do it Such a grown up thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Basically I had to, I had to upgrade my wardrobe a little bit. So nice. Very, very cool. But so as far as my weekend, um, you know, I, I actually ended up getting to go to two, like I kind of uh, alluded to last week. Um, one on Thursday at um, our our flagship sponsor, Sports Car Junction, and then one on Sun or uh, Friday, excuse me, at Green Tree Sports Cards. Um, and I proceeded to go um, overall between the two, six and one. So in the first day uh, at Sports Car Junction, uh, I think I pulled the uh, the Tikaton with the um, Pelipper line. So. Um, and then I forget the the grass one, the little the the little um, grasshopper. I forget the name of that one, but um, um, ended up going three zero. Uh, the deck felt pretty good for me, even though it was you know bound to be clunky sometimes. Uh, but pulled out three zero, uh, so you know tied there for first because we only played th- uh, three rounds. Um, you know didn't really get too much uh, hit wise out of my packs, uh, but still had a great time. Um, and then moving on to Friday. Um, ended up going three one on that one, um, getting the Pelipper and um, the the Bax Caliber line. Um, so again, also got the 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 um, yeah Pelipper uh, seemed good. To get. Yeah, Pelipper was pretty good to get. Um, it was a great card for consistency, digging for boss. I actually um, pulled a second boss out of my packs there. So you got one in the kit, and then I pulled a second one. So I did a uh, two bosses in the game, and he did like. He was like, what, you have another one? <laughs> so, um, the, you know, take pause for a win with Pelipper. Um, felt pretty good. Uh, the card feels like it has potential um, as a good consistency card uh, in the future. I'm not sure yet um, with, you know, how volatile the, the um, you know, the, the first turn goes. But, um, again, something to consider in the future. But um, still just had a great time. Uh, again, didn't really pull anything too crazy. Um out of that, um, I did get a chin pow, just regular art out of that one um, off the prize packs. But um, yeah, uh, so I, I could have had an opportunity to go to a third one, um, but uh, we already had two baseball games uh, scheduled for us this weekend, like months ahead. So my son's uh, school uh, was ending and they kind of did like a school get together uh, thing at um, one of the local minor league teams here at the Washington Wild Things. Uh, so went to that. Uh, my son got to go on the field and run around. Uh, and then you know, we stayed for that one. It was actually pretty cool because it rained beforehand. I was a little bit dreading this weekend as far as just weather-wise being outside. Uh, but it, it was, was definitely, yeah, but it was definitely cooled down because it was later at night. Uh, so that was pretty enjoyable. And then we basically turned around and went the next um, the next day to the same stadium, same uh, same place, but it was a little earlier in the day and it was blazing hot. I definitely got a little bit of like heat nausea and had to go sit in the shade. I missed a couple innings because I was just sitting there. Uh, but I did take that opportunity to watch some of the, um, you know, the the uh, the regionals there in Milwaukee on my phone while I was kind of just sitting in the shade off to the side because <laughs> there was like a little playground area. So I felt a little Bruh. bad for like ditching them, <laughs> but it was like and and watching Pokemon. But I, I legitimately was feeling a little bit of heat nausea. So I had to, I definitely had to, to get into the shade get out of the sun. Yeah. Well, it was definitely a killer, killer week when it came to the sun being outside for extended periods of time. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, it could be bad depending on your ability to stand in the sun. I guess. Right. Uh, for I, me, I, it wasn't too bad. But the older I get, the more. The, yeah, the older I get, the more I don't like the sun. I like keep it at sixty, a perfect sixty all you know all day long. I'm I'm fine. But extreme hot, extreme cold, mm, not for me anymore. This, this this is where it's at right now. Seventy nine, right, right under eighty. That's that's not that. Nah, that's too hot. Too hot. I, I'm already tapping out. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm nice and comfortable. For sure, for sure. But yeah, I'm <laughs> looking forward to, you know, moving on now that we kind of already talked about, um, you know, the new set coming out and, you know, testing, which there was testing. We'll talk about it a little, a little later. Um, but we do need to talk about two more events um, in this last format. Um, we had three this about, weekend. You know, well, well, was there a third one? I missed the third one. So I, I know we had the um, Turin Special Event and Milwaukee Regionals. Um, I did watch a, a little bit of both. Obviously, I wasn't able to go to the um, to watch all of them with everything else that was going on. What did I miss there, Chuck? Santiago, Chile. Ah. So a, a regional, not even a special event. Okay. Um, so Man, I missed that one. Okay, well, let's jump there first. Just kind of highlights. Um, I think we can talk about the meta as a whole um, a little bit after, but just as a highlights, it looks like um, Gardevoir EX with B Union uh, took home. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The regionals, man. From from the look of it, it was another uh, Gardevoir. I mean, you go over the whole three. Gardevoir had a little bit of a resurgence. Maybe mm-hmm. not. I mean, it didn't show up in the top eight at at a uh, um, turn, but if you yeah. look at the field. Below it, there's a uh, quite a few in the you know top 36 or 32 or whatever you want to call it, wherever you cut that line. Um, there's a lot there, uh, much more than we've been seeing. So uh, it's definitely a weekend of Gardevoir resurgence, and right. uh, Santiago was probably the biggest showing, uh, with Mewtwo V Union being one of them, and the winner of the deck, the winning deck. Um, and then you know, uh, kind of more of the same, a little bit more Lost Box, I think. Um, the Latin America players like Lost Box in general. Right. Um, and then, you know, the arc arc variants. Your big your big uh Santiago thing was uh No Lugia, uh which kind of carried over into the North American uh, Yes, region. yeah. Lugia was a little hit and miss, although it did win the Turin special event, um uh, finally taking Mew down um in the finals, which was kind of an interesting matchup. Um, and just kind of the 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 events that kind of happened in game one, two, and three. Um, but that was a fun matchup to watch. Uh, but Lugia overall, like you said, um, in the other two, weren't really seeing as much love as far as you know the top finishes um, in, in those those events. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mew was still a big player on the day as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing the Meloetta, Deoxys builds uh, making day twos and top eights again um yeah. so uh, it, yeah. it's it's a little bit of a shift here at the end um it was a it was neat to see in milwaukee uh the 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 champions i want to i want to like the big champions of lost box in the team in azul's gg's team or who, who i don't want to say it's just his team but uh the part the big whole group i mean Azul himself, Grant, and Caleb all making top eight, showing yeah. that, you know, if you got the reps and you know what you're doing with Lost Box, 
uh, it's still a force right. to be reckoned. Yeah, you, you know what you're doing. You know the matchup. Um, you know the matchups and how they need to go. You have that little algorithm of you know what you need to do in every situation. They, they these three players, and, you know, the whole team is obviously um, outstanding. And then, like you said, with those reps and just by the by the time the end of this specific meta, they've already had so many more reps more than most people would. So, um, of course, um, you know the, those guys are doing killing it this season. Um, but ultimately, um, Henry Rand takes takes it home with Gardevoir. Um, and this Gardevoir, you know, it was it was not playing the Mewtwo, uh, but ended up playing against uh, Caleb in the uh, in the finals um, and promptly two owed him. Um, I, I know they were two close games, um, but, uh, you know, for, that kind of is putting a little bit of a nix on what people are saying, where. Gardevoir just completely garbage against Lost Box. And, you know, maybe people were a little little quick to jump the gun on, you know, declaring that matchup just auto-loss. Um, because, obviously, Gardevoir, um, if, if you watch the match, and if you haven't, I would highly suggest uh, to go go over there and, um, you know, watch the highlights on YouTube or or the Twitch VODs or whatever like that. Um, but Henry just kind of made simple work of it. Uh, and it's not like Caleb was doing anything wrong. He was just... Uh, you know, Gardevoir has the outs that people may not have given it credit for. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, uh, his build is not too, I'm just looking at it in, in general, is mm-hmm. not too too far off from what, you know, Tord gave us at the beginning of Scarlet and Violet. I mean, right. there's, there are obviously some tweaks to it, um, but I mean, you're not, we're not seeing like, you know, big whole changes to the Pokemon line or, or anything like that. It it's it's the Gardevoir we kind of know, um, with you know with a player behind it of, uh, you know, world championship caliber, uh, in Henry Brand. Right. So. I mean, I think it just goes to show, you know, it's 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 uh you know a heck of a player that plays it, um, but just knowing the you know the flow chart and and what to do in any position, I think that's what. I, I think it's definitely a high skill um, deck, you know, and there's a lot of sequencing involved on both sides of it. Um, but I think what people just didn't do in general, just like the general population of Pokemon players, is just um, not really take the time to learn the flow chart, even though, you know, it it, it kind of got bodied by, um, you know, Lost Box, uh, you know, a couple of events ago and kind of saw a big dip. I think it was just, it's, it's really just that. Um, maybe not putting the the reps needed into that matchup because it was perceived an auto loss and clearly um, it's not. Yeah, I would just in my playing of it, the the auto loss still seemed kind of what's the word like harsh to say. I mean, mm-hmm. the big thing that like um, Lost Box could do to it was you know pick off the Ralts or the Nanafees. That it and like Mew on the bench with with the Sableye, um, and basically take a two price turn, um, against what they're probably only trying to put single price Pokemon in in play, yeah. um, and, and be able to basically you know speed up that price trade just fast enough to out out win like just to win the matchup, um, but like in in playing the game against Gardevoir they were always able to take knockouts and continue the game and they were always close so I mean if you 
obviously take a player like Henry Caliber, put in some reps. You can find a way to play the game that uh, maybe helps prevent that and or um, generate your own turn, like uh, ways to get around that. So, right. I well, to I guess say uh, stop that from happening. I.e., like pennies or things like that. So right, right, yeah. So I mean, again, it was a a very entertaining weekend of Pokemon, um, but that was really the um, you know the 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 end uh, of this meta. I don't know if you really want to go into um, discussions on the other decks that how they they fare. Um, obviously, we saw the you know the same big hitters like plenty of Lost Box variants, Mew, Lugia, um, Arctina, all of those decks seeing co- some kind of success in you know one or or all of the events where you know making top finishes and stuff like that. I don't think the meta's changed really anything substantial, and you know, and and we're kind of moving on. Uh, so I don't know if there's anything else that you want to talk about about those um, you know going forward. Well- I mean, all we have left is Fresno before, which is next weekend. Yeah. This this coming weekend. So um, I think you're going to see more of the same. Um, I think we have, I don't, I wouldn't say like, uh, well, I mean, I would say, I think we have a healthy meta at the moment. Like uh, you can play Gardevoir, you can win. You can play Lugia, you can win. You can play Mew, you can win. You can play Lost Lost Box, Box, you can win. win. Um, So... I mean, you've I seen Arctina, doing... you've seen Arc variants um, win yeah. and do well too. So it's like anything you really want to play, um, you know, out of those top five, maybe even a little a handful past that, it, it's still a good call. Um, and I, I think a lot of them are still going to be pretty solid going into our, um, you know, Paldeo evolved meta as well. But um, really to expand on this meta, I don't, you know, with one week left, less than that, just one more event. Um, I think we'll just kind of, yeah, yeah take the time to move on. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to go too crazy to reinvent the wheel uh, at Fresno. That's going to be like, wow, we that's a deck we missed the whole time. I think you're going to see more of the same. Um, it'd be uh, hard to pick a winner because anyone, I think any of those five that we mentioned can do it. Right. Uh, and even probably a couple more arc variants in there as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a lot of people, if they're, not going to Fresno are ready to insert Paldea evolved cards here into their decks. So, right, and I think yeah, like you said, people are hold, maybe holding close to their chest on you know what what um, you know tech cards are going to add to their decks in you know in the next format. But this one uh, going into Fresno, I think it's going to like you said be more of the same. Yeah, for sure. That's where I'm. I'm looking to hopefully get a little bit of excitement once I get my Paldea Evolved product to pop that open and get some deck creativity going. Yes, yes. I, I just popped them some open right before the cast, so uh, <laughs> definitely ready to do some. Uh, but with that being said, I think it's time to get into the middle of the show, um, get some of that fun shenanigans out of the way. It's time for trivia, trivia. trivia. So do we? Do you want me to start, or do you want to go ahead and go, go ahead? ahead? You can start. All right. So I, I'm gonna find a new card. Nope. You know what? I'm not gonna give you a new card because you're probably not gonna get it. This is brand new. 
oh come on <laughs> you have that little faith in me i do too so it's, it's a fair show. all right let's see. you have cards sitting in front of you put all your cards away i know you got stuff sitting in front of you i do have some if you pick the random cards that are sitting in front of me then <laughs> i deserve it <laughs> so we i'm gonna read this card and you have to tell me what it is and it's gonna be a trainer so Oh, then you're safe. I don't have any trainers in front of me. All right. So this is this card reads draw cards until you have five cards in your hand. If none of your Pokemon have any any energy attached, draw cards until you have seven cards in your hand instead. Hmm. I, I saw this card obviously at some point at the pre-release and I did not use it. I don't think I think Dendra is kind of similar, but I think that's more like you want to thin your hands to draw up to five or something like that. But so don't think it's Dendra. Um, I don't remember all of the trainers. That's the problem. Um, Who's it going to be? How they evolved special. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I I figured that as much. Um, is it male or female? Can I, you tell me that? That's a good question. Is it a female? Um, I may be wrong, but by the look of the eyes, I'm going to say yes. But it could not be, mm. and it could non-binary as well so i don't know to be completely honest i have don't think i've actually met this person in the video game. it's not the ice trainer is it and if it was i wouldn't know the name honestly because the only ones that i played was um dendra iono boss uh youngster <laughs> even though that's not that set so i, I i'm not I think it's the is it the ice one? I don't know. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't know the name, so I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm horrible it's, with that. It's Grusha, which I believe yes, is that is the ice one. one. <laughs> Grusha. So you, Grusha. Grusha. That's okay, why, that's how I would say it. G R U S H. Okay. I yeah. I remember looking at the card and like I don't think that this is any good for a pre-release kind of a thing. So, um, didn't play it. Uh, but. I mean, I kind of was, yeah, I was on the right track at Garusha, Garusha. Yeah. I like it. I think Garusha will play, get to play um, maybe later for decks of the ilk um, that uh, the Rapid Strike, obviously Rapid Strike Malamar is, is not like a big thing at the moment, but decks of that ilk where you stream single prize attackers that may only need one energy attach. Mm -hmm. um, and then we don't have Cynthia's Ambition in format anymore because that is uh, an extra card uh, yeah. per se out of this. Then then Grusha like fills that hole uh, in that in that supporter. So right. um, yeah, that's why I picked her. The two cards like that stay on my radar. There we go. Yeah. It, it... Speaking of staying on your radar, we're going to go and jump to my question to you. Um, and, you know, this may or may not be easy, uh, but this is going to be 
I will call it standard legal in two weeks, in a week and a half, week, week at this point. Um, so that should give you a, a hint of where it's at. Um, so guess this Pokemon, this attack or ability belongs to. And I feel like it's been a while since I've given you an ability. It's basically been attacked lately. So I'm going to give you the ability name Drifting Dodge. Drifting Dodge? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. I have not looked over enough Powday Evolved cards, at least their English variants, to know their actual abilities. Right. Um, Drifting Dodge. Um, all right. Can I know? Can I get a hint? What, what do I, what do I... It is a stage two. Stage two. Okay. So that eliminates my first guess. I was going to go with Obama Snow, but Obama Snow is not it because it's stage one. Drifting Dodge. Um, I want to say it's some sort of ice Pokemon, like ice snowy Pokemon, but I don't know because Backscalibur is super cold. Well, that would be a dodge anyway. Um, do I have any more hints? Can I get one more? Yes, it's a it's it's a grass type. All right. Well, then I'm going to go with my only hope in the grass type that isn't Obama Snow because he's actually a grass type. Uh, I'm going to go with Meowskarada because it's. A grass type, it's a stage two, and she has an ability. You checked all those boxes, and you're going to feel dumb because you are wrong. Um, and you're <laughs> going to feel dumb as soon as I tell you who it is, because it makes a lot of sense just by the the, the name of the ability, Drifting uh, Dodge. I think you were thinking more drifting as like, um, like snowboarding or something. I think that's what was going in your head. But drifting more in the air, just like to the wind, um, Jump Luff. Oh. This card yeah, will never be played because <laughs> it's actually not that good, or it's not good either, especially on a stage two. But a ability drifting dodge if any damage is done to this Pokemon by attacks, flip a coin if heads prevent all damage. So you love that kind of thing, but the attack, yep, um, really doesn't do it any favors for one grass on a stage two, does 60 damage plus 30 damage to one of your opponent's bench Pokemon. That seems like too much resources and time to get up to that. Just to attack. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, uh, that is a whole. You're putting a whole lot of effort in that ability that to do sixty damage, at least four times uh, to get an get hey man, one. But you're you're not going to yeah. get hit because you're just going to roll. You're just going to keep rolling yeah. heads, right? So you're, you're that's all a that's go. a high rolling deck right there. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. All right. Well, all right. It is time to get into who will win. And I decided to uh, change it up a bit, um, and I decided to go with Pokemon Trainers, um, and not oh. actually in canon in the Pokemon universe. Um, and I'm going IRL, TCG. Oh, boy. Uh, and not that anybody would ever fight in real life, because obviously, you know, all of these players, are, you know, all the, the well-known players are all really good people uh, and, and wouldn't be swinging punches on each other. Or at least I That's hope not. <laughs> 
Um, but just just in 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 honor of Australia taking down and Australia really getting all the hate right uh, lately is like oh they're great players but they can't win obviously Henry Brand won Worlds uh, 2019 but like what is he, like people are saying what has he done since obviously he's a great player he's he's he doesn't have as much uh, opportunity unless uh, obviously he travels so I want to know who would win um, representing Australia is going to be Henry Brand. Um, and then, so I went into, okay, what are they going to go against? I'm going to say representing, uh, you know, North America, USA, uh, and who is the best player in the USA, arguably right now, current, um, I'm going to say it's Azul GG. So who would win in a fight? Like not, not Pokemon cards, but in a fight, who would win Henry <laughs> Brand versus Azul GG? Uh, all right. In a, f- <laughs> this, in a, I don't know who you're gonna pick, but in a, I have answers for both because regardless of who you pick, I'm gonna pick the other one because uh, I think they both have pluses. Well, uh, I'm gonna take Azul over the size. Um, Azul's a, a he's got he's a got lot muscle, of muscle, man. You got yeah, height and muscle, like muscle over Henry. I think because I mean I'm not saying he's a pencil, but I mean that's. That's my biggest go-to on there. If you're talking about an actual fist fight, um, <laughs> it doesn't have to necessarily be a fist fight. It's MMA. They can be just tackling each other, wrestling, whatever. It doesn't. It all rules. You know, there's no, there's no, um, you know, it strictly has to be uh, like boxing or anything like that. <laughs> no holds barred. No holding bars. Well, okay. I mean, it makes sense. Um, I know Zul. You know, on his streams, talk about uh, you know the gym and everything like that. So he's. He take you know takes care of himself. He's uh, a very strong individual for sure. Uh, so I can't fault you there. But I think it definitely has to be Henry Brand because obviously you know Australia is a tough place to live. A lot a lot tougher uh, than you not you know you us here in America because we don't have to deal with kangaroos that literally just want to like straight fist fight you or spiders that are the size of like small dogs. Um, Henry has to deal with this stuff and survive. And if he can take that on a day-to-day basis, clearly he has the advantage on Azul because he has to, you know, fend for his life a little bit more. Obviously, um, you know, Australia is a great country and I want to go visit there. But like from what I've heard, um, you know, people are scared to visit there because of the wildlife. The wildlife is not only there, it's 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 aggressive, it's it it competes uh, you know, for that, you know, maybe not number one apex on the on the on the predator uh scale but it's it's definitely something where you, we don't have to worry about running into a random kangaroo that wants to beat us up um yeah. or yeah. or a spider that can probably outrun us um <laughs> yeah that's the yeah. what's the uh, the phrase i've heard and jump on jump on your argument because <laughs> about australia is the the amount of things that want that not necessarily want to kill you but can kill you uh, are are so available <laughs> like you don't have to worry about that in in north america right like you i mean you, you, a, 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 i mean it depends on where i mean you can definitely run into like an alligator or something like that that will that can end you but like that's way less likely to happen uh than here in the states than it is over there yeah in australia they're they're around the corner like starbucks as are in the north in north america so (laughs) yeah so definitely 100 henry brand's got this you know uh you know former world champion uh the reigning regional champion uh easy easy it's 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 gotta be henry 
That's a very it's a valid argument. Man lives with things that will kill most North Americans easily, um, and he does it daily. But I'm going to stick with his little size. Good old, I know he's not actually, doesn't live in Texas, but I'm going to say De Texas just does it bigger, so that's why they're going to win. Well, I mean, he's in California right now. <laughs> I, I know. I know he's in California. I know he doesn't live in Texas, but that's a Texas, that's a Texan thing. So we're going to go good old USA. Go I want to know, old. I want to know what, the, what, you know, everybody else has to say about this. Uh, who who have we swayed uh, to, to pick one or the other? Obviously this is all friendly. There, I, I don't believe there's any bad blood. I don't think there's any reason for it. Uh, but uh, definitely if, if it was like, just like maybe like a charity fight, who would win? Yeah. It'd be interesting. I want to know who too. <laughs> and I'd like to know who win Pokemon cards too. I, I mean, I think it's just too. as close, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, just as close. Exactly. All right. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to our sponsors. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. And we're back. Thanks again to our sponsors. Thank you, Sports Car Junction. It is now the time that everyone has been waiting for we have to finally give away the gumi arc the lugia water painting that she has done that has graced the image of our episode for the last two weeks I'm sure there was many of you out to try and get this so it is now time to announce our winner um it's gotta be me right put everyone, <laughs> we have put everyone's name in a hat and Including me and Jake's because we both wanted it. But alas, our name is not pulled. The winner is Albert Espinol. This Nobody is rigged, man. I mean, congratulations, it. Albert. But I should have won. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Proof that we don't rig our own contests because uh, we put our own names in but didn't draw it. <laughs> I mean, I but just no, can't Albert, when it comes to this. <laughs> No, I I will never get to own a piece of Gumi art. I I believe, uh, right. unless right. unless I uh, commissioner as someone not under my own name, so that I know it gets done. Like, <laughs> not that she has anything Shot's against fired. me. Shots fired. Calling <laughs> <laughs> her out. <laughs> no, it's not that. Not not that because it's she wouldn't do it for me. It's that. If I try and do it for myself, it still will, for whatever reason, not get done. So I have to do it. I have to sneak it away for my own self to get a piece. Good try for so, a save. That was a good, a valiant effort. But anyways, <laughs> congratulations. Uh, what would you say, Albert won? Uh, Albert, yes. Yeah, Albert. Albert. Congratulations. I know uh, myself and Chuck are jealous. Um you know, we'll be reaching out to you in the next day or so to uh, get your, you know, your mailing information and uh, send it off to you there. Um, congratulations. And thank you again for your continued support to the podcast. Yep. All right. And we're going to continue the giveaway news. Um, so uh, it is a new month. 
that was an extra special giveaway. Uh, so it is a new month, and we are going to be doing another ETB giveaway. But we're going to try something a little different, and we're moving the giveaway over to Twitter this yes. month. So those of you who are listening, just make sure you're following, which I'm sure you are, the at PitPokeyPod. Um, turn your notifications on and get all of our great tweets that we throw out. And then you will be notified of when to enter the giveaway and then enter via the instructions on Twitter. Everything's going to be done over there. Uh, we um trying to see if we, you know, get a little bit more engagement over there too. So yep. um, all good. So that will be happening over there. So make sure you're following at pit Pokepod. For sure. But again, um, thank you again for Sports Car Junction for letting us do this, uh, giving back to our awesome community um, and all that fun jazz. But J- Chuck, um, I think it's time to move away from the giveaways and talk about new cards on the horizon. Even though yes. we just are, uh, you know, just opening Paldeo Evolved, just getting our hands on those new cards. Uh, but there's always, always something new to look forward to, <laughs> even as you're opening a brand new set. Brand new set, and we're still talking about the next set to come. Uh, we have a few more of the 151 Pokemon revealed. Uh, the last few, we've been getting, uh, starting to get a lot of the special arts revealed as well. Um, these were a couple re- kind of revealed right after last week's episode. Uh, the first one I want to bring up is the Sea King that obviously evolves from Goldeen. Uh, nothing too crazy about Goldeen, but the Sea King uh, Stage 1, 108, 110 HP. Um, two important facts. Uh, it has a first attack, which is Swim Freely. We all remember Swim Freely from, you know, uh, Setigo uh, with the Finion that lets you attach energies to an, a Pokemon with Swim Freely. So we got a little synergy there. Yep. And then uh, we have Aquahorn is its other attack. If you don't remember what Swim Freely does, it's one water energy, 10 damage. You flip a coin of heads during your opponent's next turn. Spend all damage from effects and att- effects of attacks done to this Pokemon. Not too crazy, but it's mostly there for the other Finian that does attaches energies to it for free or as an ability. Um, the other attack, though, for three colorless energy, Aquahorn, 60 plus damage. This attack does 30 more damage for each water energy attached to this Pokemon. Um, so this attack works currently for Zacian V. Um, how about we give it another, give it to a water Pokemon that you can also attach energies freely to it uh, right. and do a whole bunch of damage. Yeah, I mean, I, I, off the top, it's still maybe not, you know, something like A-tier meta that I would bring to like NAIC or something like that or or a regionals. But again, uh, locals for for challenges, uh, maybe even a cup. Um, if you're feeling a little crazy, I I definitely see some you know playability to to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. Yeah, I I agree with you. It, it probably isn't too crazy. Uh, the 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 attack can be useful. Uh, you might be able to make it work. Um, in in some in some decks. Um like uh, you know backscalibur kind of thing or even using the finian the swim freely stuff um i purely like that they have reached back into something they've previously released and kind of put another like cat like cat in the hat mm-hmm. or like feather in the cap for these tools to make 
maybe this archetype get a little bit better. It, not that it was ever crazy, but maybe make it uh, a little bit better to see a little bit more fun side to it. Right. So that's why I was excited for them to actually reach back into their bag of tricks and, and repeat something while it's still legal. Right. No, props on Pokemon for doing that. Uh, let's see if people can uh, cook some some spicy decks up and, and make this work. Make the Seeking good again. Yeah. Uh, we also, uh, moving along, we've also received, got a Ninetales EX. Um, I'm just going to skip it because it doesn't do anything that crazy unless you can mimic your opponent's hand. I just wanted to point it out that we're getting a really cool Ninetales EX because I like Ninetales. So, um, right. there's that. But we had uh, the inform uh, in the form of a different EX that uh, will be good, I think, is Arbok EX, obviously evolving from Ekans or Ekans, however you want to say it. Um, now, Arbok EX is a darkness Pokemon, 270 HP, uh, with two attacks uh, for two dark, bind down 70 damage during your opponent's next turn. The defending Pokemon can't retreat. Pretty kind of like standard can't retreat mm -hmm. attack. And then for three dark, menacing fangs, 150 damage. Your opponent discards two hand two cards from their hand. The old Malamar V Max, uh, you know, what was that Max Darkness, I think it was called. Yeah. Or something like that. Um this proved to be a fringe card, but it would always come in handy. I liked Malamar V Max. If you can get your uh, I mean, imagining, imagine judging your opponent down to four, then hitting them with this, then they're down to two. Um, imagine Ioning them down to two, then hitting them with this, so nine, no hand. Right. Um, discarding two cards from your hand is good. Whether 150 damage is enough or not is always the question. Yeah, I um, mean, the HP by itself is not super great. I mean, you're still going for two shots on most Pokemon uh, obviously, there's some, uh, you know, 300 plus uh, that you're not going to hit. Um, but the discard, if you're two-shotting everything, if we're in a meta where we're two-shotting everything and you're disrupting slash milling your opponent, um, you know, it, it definitely is something to to look out for. Um, again, fringe, but most likely, uh, but poten potentially whatever's, you know, being played a lot right now, um, it can be maybe a, like a sneaky attacker or a sneaky meta call to... Uh, be able to mill your opponent. Yeah. And it's not an incredibly weak Pokemon. I mean, in terms of HP, because it's 270. Mm -hmm. Obviously not not tippy-top when it comes to um, stage one. I think it's 280, as I think is seen, seen the highest in stage ones. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's not low. So. Whatever side. All right. Um, that's going to sum it up. Like I said, after those Pokemon got released, uh, we're starting to see a lot more alternate arts, which I'm not going to bring up and reiterate what they do. But if you want to see them, they're always, always over on uh, in our Pokemon news section and on Poke Beach. Right. Let's get into the meat of this episode's right. conversation. All right. So one little subcategory I want to talk about before we get into uh, maybe a little bit of testing for NIC. Um, you know, it's just the pull rates of, of the, you know, Paldeo Evolved. Um, and what I've seen so far. So um, basically, you know, the, I think the pull rates are pretty average. Um, we're, we're getting a good amount of hits um, as far as seeing like the, the big card, like, uh, like I, like a lot of people want those full art Ionos or the, or the illustrator art Ionos. Um, 
so far out of my two boxes out of you know some of the people in our discord opening a box or two um i've seen nobody pull iono out of a booster box yet um obviously i'm not saying it can't happen it's going to happen um but during the weekend um and just kind of you know in the two events i was in plus you know what i've seen in our discord and, and online i feel like uh, at least right now, the 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 best way to pull Iono is from the packs from the pre-release kits. Those those suckers were flying off. There was what uh, three full arts being pulled this weekend and one illustrator um, compared to like all the amount of cards that I've seen uh, in in the booster boxes uh, and not pulling her. So um, if that's a card you want, maybe I don't know. That's just kind of a trend I've seen. I don't know if you've noticed anything, Chuck. Uh, no, I. I... She has been uh, relatively elusive, right. at least on our side. I did not see one pulled at the release I was at. I know one person has pulled one. I don't know about the um, the last pre-release. I did not hear hear anything from the locals. The big, crazy, I got one, woohoo, you know, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> um, but my experience with it is she is elusive. I mean, probably the one card that everyone wants to get. In general, any art like any um just want to start collecting them because they'll be useful in a lot of decks um been elusive in general which um not that she is uh, iono is just an uncommon no, card she's uncommon. Uh, but you might see a little bit of a a scoop up net effect on this in that yeah uh the quantity off the gate might not meet demand um because a people want them people want to keep them um so they might not uh they might see a spike in price in general just for the standard art of iono right so. well even the standard art um i pulled two out of the like in total out of two pre-release kits and the prize packs um and then i only pulled three total out of my two booster boxes so uh, again um, it's still the odds are favored in the, the pre-release kits. And I don't know how that's quite possible, but it's definitely uh, what I've seen. Uh, Iona likes those pre-release kits um, over, over the boxes at this point. Yeah. I I have zero Iono out of my, my pools, but I have not opened a lot and my, my boxes have yet to yeah. come. I'm still waiting for a couple more boxes, but um, boy, did I pull a lot of um, Meowskarada. I think I pulled every single version of that card except for the um like the storyboard one. I got the Sprigatito and the Flor Florgato, uh, but I did not get the um uh Miascarada on that. But other than that, I got the gold, uh the the um what's it, the full art and you know just the basic B um and all those illustrators as well. So I think they're the the Mascarada I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I'm a little jealous because that is uh, the two. The two of the Sprigatito and the Florgato is what I'm. Uh, that is my. What I, I guess you want to call it the white whale of the set for me is I want that line, like yeah. uh, the the original from Scarlet and Violet. The three cards I wanted was the Gardevoir line. It's the same thing. I want the Mascarada line, but the the entire story, uh, and then I kind of want all three, but uh, Mascarada is the tip of the cake on that one um uh, yeah so yeah. i'm a little jealous of how much meowscarada you've already pulled <laughs> yeah it's crazy <laughs> uh so we'll see um you know obviously in the weeks to come with uh you know a couple of boxes coming 
uh, and obviously just locals and being able to start opening those for prize support. Um, can't wait. Yep, me neither. All right. That being said, uh, you know, the new new set is out. Um, and I want to just get our first impressions. I know I've did, done um, a fair amount of testing this weekend um, to play for NI or to practice for NIC and just in general with the new decks. Uh, so I want to get some first impressions from uh, you and I about these decks and then uh, maybe some cards that maybe um, that have been seeing impact on multiple kind of decks um, to go in there. But I want to start with the first uh, archetype here, and, and that is the Chen Pao. Um, have you played against it? Have you seen it? Um, what are your first impressions against it? Because it feels like it's a, a pretty good deck, at least at very worst to me, like B tier, but it, you know, potentially even higher than that. Yeah, I haven't uh, got to play real games with it. Uh, a lot of it has been theory crafting, um, but I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that it might turn out to be. A little bit better than some like that B tier, I think. Right, right, right. right. Um, I think uh, we're all kind of waiting to see how the it shuffles, but I think there's high. Not, I, I don't think anyone wanted to give it that high mm-hmm. expectation, so that it comes out flat. I think everyone's kind of like, yeah, it could be, and then when it does, be like, ah, see, it could, and then no one wants it to fall flat. Um, I, it's just a very a simple kind of game plan with it. Uh, you know, get Baxcalibur, get Tim Powell, hit hit hard. Yeah, and um, even having yeah, even having uh Palkia there for like backup attacker too. Um yeah. so there's... Yeah, you have, have Palkia to be a backup, Palkia to be a oh crap, I don't have energies. You know, just a general like, is a really good just backup player in the deck. Um Proving that he's 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 still not going to go anywhere, um, so I, I I just I see it being uh, fairly decent, especially since uh, it can make good use of Irida still, and we've seen Irida be a really yeah. great card, but you can make very good use of it. So I definitely see it, um, and, and I don't know what the six is going to evolve into, but I I definitely see it as a deck um, that wants to do like switch outs kind of the thing. So. Um, you know, after our rotation, losing Carpaceous Bucket, um, people are complaining, well, now water, what is water going to do? Um, that's literally Jim Powell's uh, ability as if it's in the active. You, you search your deck, you put two, two uh, right? You search your deck. Uh, swaps, you uh, two, two energy two cards. Energy you know, yep, yep, yep. You got to put two water in your hand. So that is Carpaceous Bucket right there. Um, obviously, back caliber um, will... Um, accelerate that. I think it will go really well again with Radiant Greninja um, being able to draw those to get a draw engine kind of a thing. Like you said already, Irida uh, pulls some of those item cards out there and then you know if you're discarding that much with Greninja um, Palkia is a good backup attacker. So you know there's a lot of synergy between those four plus some trainers uh, switch cards, switching outs kind of a thing. Uh, so Champ Pao um, you know feels like it, it, it it definitely has some room. Obviously, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable enough or thinking it's necessarily good enough yet uh, to compete with some of these other decks um, for the top top spot. But if it if it won it if it won it wouldn't you know completely shock me. Uh, I feel like yeah. it's kind of in that Maridon spot where again Maridon doesn't necessarily have like the high end attack, but it's like it's it's Pokemon search ability is just like crazy. 
Uh, it's like VIP pass, but on steroids, this is more like Kerpacious bucket, but you can do it multiple times if you have multiples on a basic. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely. I think it has a lot of uh, good working parts to it. Um, really, I think it's how the the sixty shakes out and how we'll do. I think it can also take advantage of, you know, uh, a Vibrel draw engine as well, just to see more cards. Uh, it just depends on the sixty shake, shakes out, and if in if that it can hit hard enough to contend with the things that we are currently seeing in the meta, because I don't, I don't necessarily see that much uh, getting too much pushed out of the meta currently. Right. I mean, uh, there's a few things I think that will, but obviously um, I think there's some room for Tempau to, um, you know, flourish in the, in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It can definitely bring itself and put a name add its name to the, the pile of decks we have currently. Um, so uh, let's move on to the next deck. Maybe not, it's probably not as high end. Uh, we kind of already talked about it on the cast already, but that's Meowskarada. I mean, I know we've been trying to make grass work for, I don't know, whenever um, uh, Gardenia's figure came out. Um, so does this, does this card finally put grass over the top? Um, or do you think this is more just a, let's play this fun deck at locals kind of a thing? Uh, it, I think it's like, it, I'm a big grass fan. Uh, I'll try and find ways to make all of them work. Um, I think Sp- Spide Ops has probably been our closest to making that a comp- like grass in general straight. Uh, I think it's is probably the closest we've gotten to being able to be competitive. I, I, Meow Scarada looks good, but it's a stage two that has a lot more qualifiers to be able to hit for then since other stage twos to be able to hit for a decent amount of damage um so it could work uh but my track record on grass is that it's gonna just not it's not gonna do it fast enough it's not yeah. gonna be able to compete with the consistency or speed of, of uh the current meta Right. I th- and again, I think if, if you're really trying to go with the Meowskarada for the attack, even if you get everything you want off, I don't know, is 220 plus whatever damage is already there uh, enough? Um, maybe. Um, but again, if you're two-shotting things, I don't I don't necessarily feel like this is the best two-shot deck uh, being a stage two. Uh, so time will tell. It does seem like an interesting deck, something that I definitely want to put together and play locally at least. Um, definitely a fun deck. Um, but again, I think that's more towards like the C, mid to low C kind of, like, at least currently in my yeah. head, Sims. It's just uh, the 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 key, like the, if this was a thing with Zigzagoon was still a thing, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, in the same way that like Samurott wanted to use Zigzagoon or it's like own ability yeah. because it did more damage. Um, but now like you have to do, you have to have that damage on there. Your Halucha is your big, like, is your biggest like put a damage counter here thing, but that's only to bench Pokemon. So then you have to get once you do a Halucha, then you got to get the bench Pokemon to be active to hit it. So mm-hmm. then you're gusting, but then where are you drawing your cards from? Uh, right, like that's I mean, Meowskarada also because... does have the ability to put damage counters, but again, on the bench, nothing specifically puts it on the active. So you definitely need yeah. some kind of gust, yeah. So 
the that is just the, all the stipulations there. So, right. all right, and then one uh, another right. another brand new archetype, um, and then we'll move on to you know existing ones. Um, and I've heard both sides of this, and that is Ting Lu, um, the fighting type Pokemon. Um, obviously, it has um, the ability to block um, abilities on Pokemon, any kind of Pokemon, uh, rule box, non rule box, if it has damage counters on it. Um, but it has to be in the active spot. Um, and, you know, it hits for, again, a two-shot ability on most things, uh, 150. Um, so it, it also spreads. Uh, but, again, you're relying on, you know, maybe maybe a Halucha or something else to, um, uh, to put damage counters on. I know there's um, the stadium Cape Job Bog that people are playing there, too, potentially. Um but again, it has to be in the active spot. So where do you find Ting Lu? Um, do you think it, it it's hyped? Uh, do you think it's uh, underrated and it, it might shock people? Uh, where do you where do you fall? Uh, this is one that I'm going to say is going to be underrated and it's going to come out and shock people. Um, the not the dis the disregard for qualifications from the no abilities clause besides being damaged. It turns off abilities for anything. So right. it's not worried if it's a basic. It's not worried if it's an evolution. All it's looking for is that it has a damage counter on it. So the fact that you... I mean, Halucha will help you be able to just put the damage counters on things that you just don't want to have abilities. So that helpfulness of being able to help be able to target and shut off things um, on your opponent is just going to slow them down. Uh, will behoove uh, Ting Lu to be able to stay in the active, maybe, uh, maybe you know, make the opponent miss a turn for attacking, and then be able to two shot something, or or whatnot. Just the the ability lock will be, I think, is the best of what we've seen that isn't targeting very specific archetypes. Right, right. Like I mean. It's definitely better than Spirit Tomb overall. It's better than um, you know, um, what do we have Clefky. the Polion, Klefki, things of that sort. Um, but the thing is, all those Pokemon do have in common is they have to be in the active spot. Um, and we we've seen how easy it is to boss or rope. Obviously, it sounds like oh yeah, just have two of them in play, but that's not always feasible. Um, depending on you know the deck and how it's running. Uh, plus, obviously, Path to the Peak blocks. Um, Ting Lu's ability as well. So if you Ting Lu uh, or you you path Ting Lu, it's in the active. Now you have your abilities all over again. And at 240 HP, it's not really that that tanky. So you can kind of knock it out for a multi prizer. Um, so I tend to think just because Path of the Peak shuts it down to put you back up and running, um, I don't like it. I, I don't think it's going to be that good. Um, overall right now at least i mean unless people are completely shocked or shocked by it and not ex you know not expecting it um obviously it could do things against like lugia shutting archaeops down and then if it two shots things but literally lugia is basically going to one shot this um you know if it preps it beforehand uh maybe not the lugia itself well with a choice belt it would no it wouldn't um but you still got the um you, you still got the uh tyranitar that can take this guy out um and you also have Serena that could like heal uh, if you put it down at the right time, heal it, and then you have your abilities again. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna say that it doesn't have 
uh outs to to something but uh i mean just imagine an opening i mean it's opening going second turn could be literally you know getting two team losing play dropping hudalucha or you know a dropping hudalucha onto your lugia and then if you like and then that's it like before you even get to evolve you're not going to have abilities so Archaeops is never going to hit the play, so you're you're attached passing. I mean, even though it may not be attacking that turn, uh, hey, you never know. Um, maybe there's an excuse, the reason for Coridon in that deck, so that you can attach energies to it, right? Uh, speed it up. I've a little seen bit. people. I've seen people do that, and I do like the synergy there. It's just a matter of um, can you get it out of the active? Can you shut them down to Tinglu's abilities? Um, to block you so obviously lock your opponent um, if you if you set up and then you're blocking your opponent and then it just gets knocked out anyways because it has answers um, kind of feels I mean, bad that you did all that work for nothing and then you kind of are almost in an auto I mean, lose situation if, if the things have the answers things have the answers but if you can uh, with anything that wants to lock up something you know, like the deck archetype runs behind locking it up if it can get that lock in um then hopefully it. I think Ting Lu can take advantage of it and in and kind of be able to snowball to victory or or at least create a big enough snowball that it'll it'll coast in. Um, but the question really is, can you get the lock in? I mean, there's there's going to be answers in the format to it, so um, it's all about finding ways to make sure that they don't get it. So, hundred percent. All right, let's move on to some existing decks and kind of uh, the effects of, you know, our Paldeo Evolve coming out. And uh, the first deck I want to talk about is Gardevoir EX. Um, Obviously, we've seen, you know, it had some success beforehand, Um, kind of seeing a resurgence. But um, a lot of people um, on Twitter locally kind of are deeming it BDIF um, again uh, because... Um, the addition of Iono and a couple single prize attackers to deal with Lost Box. Do you think um, the the added disruption slash um, you know extra single prizes that could potentially uh, be relevant enough to deal with Lost Box consistently uh, to put it to that BDIF, or do you think that maybe you know that that is a little bit preemptive as saying Gardevoir is the best deck in format? I think it's a little preemptive. Um, to put it as best deck in the format right um, it's still going to be good it's going to be in the contention for it um but i think it's just too early i mean uh i, I also we have to decide like we just decide like people have to get around what is going to be the best build of gardevoir right. now because the um the driftloon build is now viable um like having Drifloon and and basically being able to replace Station V. So maybe this that is the best deck in format, but uh how reliant is it on Champions Festivals? So I don't think that, much. That that that's what I mean. Like that may not be a thing. Um how how much does that get countered by other stuff? Who knows? So um it, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of the, it's not going to come out the gate and be like, oh, I am the best deck in format. Thank you. Well, I mean, like uh, you did when they released Sylvia Silver Tempest, but uh, it's definitely got, it's going to have a couple growing pains, a couple weeks for people to figure out what is the best 60 
the optimal 60, even though people have said that there already is the optimal 60. Right, right. So, so there there are a couple cards um, that we haven't mentioned here that I think do make it a little bit uh, have a give it a little bit more answers, um, you know, and that that would be uh, the ver- reversal energy being three colorless energies. If you fall behind, you can attach. Um, so uh, or not colorless, three rainbow energies um, if, if you're behind in prizes. So that has twofold effect on this deck. Um, one, you can put it on your Zacians, on your on your baby Gardevoirs um, to hit for even more because that's three energies that are counting towards yeah. that, that are boosted, plus whatever you put the Gardevoir on. So um, on your top end hit, you know, threshold, if you're playing against, you know, big tanky Pokemon, it becomes a little bit more easy to hit that number, um, which I think that's huge. And then also another card that we that kind of comes in combination with that, depending on the matchup. Um, is the Luxray. Obviously, it kind of has synergy um, with this card because both both cards require you to be behind on prizes. Um, you can put the Luxray in play at stage two, um, straight into play because of the ability if you're behind. Uh, so you can put that on the bench, find the reversal energy, put that on him uh, to, to satisfy the energy cost. And then um, if there's anything lightning weak, you're basically taking a one-shot there on it. Um, even if it's maybe just against like a Lost Box, you're still... Being able to take, you know, one prize and it's able to tank a hit from Cramorant um, on those. Plus, obviously, uh, it, you know, just the versatility of putting that damage. So there are a lot of cards there that do help it, um, you know, with the, the disruption with the Ionos, with the reversal energies, with all of that. Um, I, th- I think it still is definitely viable. I think it's still now definitely A tier. Is it BDIF? I don't know. Um, we shall still see. Yep. Um, but then the next deck I want to talk about is um, another psychic deck. Um, seeing a big resurgence um, in the last month, and that is Mew. Um, obviously, um, we've seen the Meloetta build build up, um, seen success being just have that fast paced tempo early game. Uh, is that enough to keep it alive though? Because uh, there are a lot of cards here uh, that might give it. Problems. What do you say, Chuck? I don't. I don't see why it needs to change anything, and I don't see why it needs to, to get. I don't think. I don't think it's going to get worse. Um, the deck has always been. Look, you can Iono path it. Obviously, that's a thing. It was always a thing with path and Mew. So if you can do that, you know, Judge Path. Roxanne path Mew and get it to stick, then yeah, that'll work. But otherwise, just you know, what I mean it's an Iono proof. So even if you keep putting him down to four, two, one, it's gonna draw back up. Um, so I still see it can. I don't. It's still gonna be able to do everything. It can uh, do. Nice. You're forgetting one card, I think. And this Spiritum is a card that will. In addition I mean, to everything you say, um, will be <laughs> disrupting it. Um, I pulled one, and I really don't. I just don't. I don't see it. Like, so I, unlike all the cards we were talking about earlier, um, having to be in the active spot, this doesn't need to be in the active spot. It's a basic Pokemon that can be on your bench, and it just shuts it down. Not saying it's going to necessarily kill it, but obviously, you know, there's plenty of decks that straight play decks that kill. Um, 
you know, Mew. I don't think you're obviously you're not going to see it in Lost Box because, uh, well, you might see it in Lost Box, um, but you're still probably going to see those Drapions in Lost Box because I think that's still a pretty favorite matchup. Um, but decks like Arceus, decks like, um, you know, maybe even, no, probably not Lugia, but like uh, Chen Pao, uh, you could you could even have, you know, things like that to, to shut it down. I don't know. Um, any of those fringe decks that need to just buy a little bit more time can play Spirit Tomb on top of the Ionos, on top of the Paths, uh, the Judges, all that stuff. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like Spirit Tomb is more of a threat than you're you're giving your credit to. It, it could be. I just don't see a lot of decks wasting time with it. Like if Chin Pal's worried about, like in my eyes, if Chin Pal's worried about prize racing with a Mew, I think Drapion's a better choice. Just find a way to kill the, the Mew VMAX out the right. get go. Because um, you should be living to, uh, I mean, a Meloetta might take out a Chen Pao, but um, the Deoxys isn't going to help you, isn't going to help in that matchup. The 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 Spirit uh, the spirit Tomb goes into, I think, decks like maybe Gardevoir. Uh, gets gets a kick out of it. Uh, maybe Lost Box gets a kick out of it because then you can take knockouts. You can turn off the deck without it being able to do anything. Um, because it's Mew is probably staying away from putting Mews on the board nowadays. Uh, because uh, it's using Meloid and, and Deoxys to to take out single prizers until it can, you know, it's far enough in prizes before it starts losing the prize trade kind of thing so uh if you take out those pokemon before and, and turn off the deck maybe i don't know well i just there's don't see thing I the, add. as a better choice in yeah. most decks yeah i mean but again if you're worried about disruption especially with seeing the the version of you being played right now um with with the um elsa elisa sparkle with the fusion strike energies remember Fusion Strike energies, if attached, if I'm correct, would block the effect of it, right? I have to read a Fusion Strike energy. Well, while you explain it, I will look up. The so, in theory, uh, while well, Chuck does that, but in theory, uh, obviously, in the past, you know, we try to, uh, you know, put damage on it. Uh, and it stops. I believe it stops um, if it's attached to at a Pokemon, which could it be attached to Genesect that you can just block. Uh, the effects of uh, other Pokemon's ability yeah. against it. So, yeah, Fusion uh, Strike Energy will prevent opponent's Pokemon abilities done to this Pokemon. This card is attached to, so it would stop Spirit Tomb's ability right. from affecting. So, if if you are Pokemon a Mew, if, I honestly like we've had a debate where what version of Mew is better, the the Double Colorless or the Fusion Strike. I think. It, at the very minimum, uh, you are kind of like shoehorned into the Fusion Strike version. I don't think the double uh, colorless energy is viable right now um, with that. Obviously, if Spiritomb completely drops off in play, you can maybe try to sneak something. But if you're going to be Mew, I think that is the, the play to go. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's uh, jump on. I, I still think Mew is going to be good, so... Yeah, I mean, it might. We'll see. Uh, time built up. Every time we're like, oh, yeah, Mew's dead, uh, it just keeps going. Um, that's the deck that just oh, never... We've seen... Yeah, we've we've seen decks like, uh, you know, uh, Palkia come in and be BDIF at the time and then drop off. We've seen 
you know, multiple cases of these decks just big BDIF and then drop off. But Mew um, is always kind of felt relevant since it's been out, uh, either BDIF or definitely a contender uh, to, to go. So, um, yeah, you might be right. Uh, obviously, Spirit Tomb is another one of those cards that just kind of say, uh, we don't want you in the format, but Mew does Mew things. Yep. All right, let's jump on to the next one in that. We're going to say Arceus variants. Obviously, there's Arceus uh, Garatina. There's Arceus uh, Duraludon with um, Umbreon. Um, and you know there might be a couple other fringe ones that we're thinking. But I'm going to just stick basically, because um, the majority of Arc success lately is still Arc Tina um, over like Lost Box Tina. Um, this deck does, you know, it's typically playing, uh, you know, Path of the Peak, Judge, trying to disrupt. Um, I don't see that changing, but I do think this is a deck that would play Spirit Tomb and add Ionos um, in combination of still keeping Judge and Path. Um, so definitely a deck that can, you know, stay consistent because it has that Barrel Squovit engine. It has the disruption in constantly changing your opponent's hand. And, you know, obviously Barrels kind of makes sure that you still always have cards. And then you're at worst two-shotting things with energy acceleration plus potential one-shots with um, uh, Garatina. Um, you know, it, it has answers to a lot of things. I think it is also, you know, at least 50-50 against most Lost Box variants because it at least plays like a Sharon's Care. Uh, so it can kind of play... Uh, you know, with the with the prize trading math, um, you know, throwing a, a Sharon's in there, then potentially, um, you know, getting a pow pad and doing it all over again. Uh, so I feel like that deck, uh, you know, still has some legs. Uh, is is a sneaky good play. Uh, what do you think? And I know it's typically a little bit slower than some of the decks that we already talked about. Uh, I mean, our our variants should be. Um, decently placed to do well, I think. Uh, we probably might see a different variant pop up, just because it, it always kind of depends on what the meta is. But I think arc arc variants can still be good. Um, you can arguably power it up now in one turn if you go happen to lose a Pokemon in the first turn. Right. You can reversal energy to who. Trinity Nova right off the get-go. Um, if you happen to lose like a Badoof or something in the active, I, I, there's that work yeah. that you can do um, if you miss your energy attach. Uh, but I, I do think in general they should stand to do well depending on how the, the meta share shakes out. Uh, in general, I think if Gardevoir really does take off, then they might not because it tends to... The, the Pokemon... Well, the Pokemon you tend to use don't really stop anything that Gardevoir does a lot of the time, and I think Gardevoir will have the knockout power to put up, like, put down whatever. Yeah, I think uh, in that kind of matchup, you're really trying to revolt, like, re like, rely on the disruption, right? You're trying to stop it with path, you're trying to make sure it doesn't have a good hand to get those energies and discard power. Yeah, that's the that it's going to really come down to the disruption and that and uh, it's really hard to stop disruption like really disrupt a Gardevoir when you're discarding drawing two multiple times throughout the turn. Anyway, if you give them any cards at all, 
So it, it, it depends on how much that shakes out and how well our uh, matchups might do. Uh, unless they change up a little bit. I mean, you never know. Uh, there might be something else that they throw in to kind of uh, pinpoint that Gardevoir matchup. So 100%. 100%. All right. Uh, another deck again. Uh, we're just kind of running down these meta ones is Lugia. I think still Lugia single strike. I know there's a Lugia colorless version. I think I think we're going to just stick with single strike right now. It seems still like the best overall deck. Um, do you see anything helping this deck, um, you know, hurting or helping it just based on everything else in the meta? Well, it gets new three three new special energies to play with. Um, so one, uh, you can, um, so you have jet energy. So you, I don't know how well, if, if it will even take advantage of jet energy, but you can use it as a switch card. Right. If you need be, uh, the reversal energy will be. I think you should throw one in in the deck uh, mm-hmm. if you're losing at any point in time. It's three energy, so at worst case, it's still one. Yeah, at, yeah. At worst case, it's still one energy, which is the same reason why I think prism uh, will uh, prismatic. Actually, I think is what it's called. But the color, the rainbow energy, but you can only attach one. Um, it will still get into the deck because it still counts as a colorless energy. And mm-hmm. I think what will be helpful is this brings back the ability to use Charizard, the Radiant Charizard, um, in the deck because you can uh, at least just attach that uh, to it and be able to take a knockout late game when you're down to two, pro- like, uh, if need be. Um, so now I don't know, Sarina is... The, the Radiant Serena may be important to the Lost Box matchup, but who knows? I, said, um, I think it is. I think it's important uh, if we see any kind of like, um, um, you know, disruption with the, with the what do we call it, um, the Ting Lu as well. Um, not to say we're going to see Ting Lu, but I think it'll definitely be important because it's definitely a, a math fixer on Lost Box. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a thing that yeah, you probably so, still want to keep. So uh, you, you might. Uh, not even get to the point where you're using um, uh, that at all in general uh, for for Charizard, uh, but it is options there. So, 100%. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I there you could you could potentially use it with anything that is a singular energy attachment attack uh, that might be useful in a Lugia deck. So. Right. I don't know. Um, before, can, but before we move on to Lost Box, there was one card that I wanted to talk about more, just as standalone, like not necessarily as part of archetype, but things that will make decks good. And I think in the last two decks we talked about, Lugia and Arc variants. I think it's understated, and this card kind of fell off my radar when it was like first announced. But Squawkability EX is actually super busted in both those decks to help with that early game setup. Both decks function completely differently, but both decks also are very similar where their turn one is very important to get out X card that you need. And being able just to level ball, search for it, because it doesn't need to come from hand. It just needs to be on your bench and then you could use it at any time you'd like. So you can find it with 
um, you know, Nest level ball, Nest ball. ball. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Nest ball um, with ultra ball, obviously with some digging there as well. Um, being able to get like that on your bench and then thin your deck to pay, obviously both decks thin differently, um, but thin your deck to this point and then use that squawk ability because it's only able to do it on the first turn. Um, but with those decks, it's kind of consistent to get them out. Um, and I feel like, you know, it definitely helps it with Lugia because you can get those Archaeopses uh, in the discard pile. You're digging further to get different consistency cards. And the same thing goes with Arctina. Um, obviously, you want Ar- Arceus with an energy if you're going first, uh, with a DTE if you're going second. Uh, that's just helping you dig to get to that spot where both decks kind of at times can struggle. I think the squawk ability really helps uh, in my early testing. I played a ton of games um last friday um and i played a number of games with both of those decks and others with squawk billy and those in those two decks specifically i feel like squawk billy is so good yeah for sure i definitely agree with the uh on the lugia front that's the one i've been looking at it the most on just being able to have an, another discard out for archaeops uh on your first turn and being able to just see more cards especially if you're going first. Like you don't get that option to support her, but you can you have the ball search. Like you can go get uh something in the discard. You can uh you know go get the Pokemon you necessarily want, or or you have Archaeops already in your hand, you can get rid of some, get get squawkability and just see more cards and hopefully, you know, get a little bit more extra consistency to that front end that is ever important to that deck. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, he's definitely a bench liability with 160 HP. Um, but, I mean, we've seen this with the Dene before. Um, it didn't stop the Dene from being BDIF. Um, it didn't stop Crobat from seeing, or, or not BDIF, but the best, probably, consistency card. It didn't stop Crobat. It doesn't stop Luminion uh, from being played because those cards, you know, for those consistencies is great. And then you can also, depending on the deck, throw Luminion still in there. So you have your option with Squawk Billy, Luminion, things like that. Kind of like where you did in the past. And the cool thing is we have Collapsed Stadium is a mm-hmm. very playable stadium, uh, a good stadium for any different scenario and can help in this, especially in Lugia, because you can attack with Lugia. You can collapse that Squawk Billy away, attack with Lugia and say, Let's get rid of the collapse because I want to put a Pokemon down next turn. So, hundred percent. No, so it definitely shouldn't be understated. Um, but another deck, uh, the last deck, kind of archetype to talk about, like maybe just like a high level, I guess, um, that won't see squawk ability most likely is Lost Box variants. Um, obviously, we have so many. I don't want to go over all of them. Um, I think the the most popular right now is the you know Lost Box variants with. Um, with the Dragonite, the Kyogre, the uh, Raikou kind of a variant. That's probably the most seen. Obviously, we're still seeing uh, Sablezard. We're still seeing um, just like Turbo, Lost Box, um, and stuff like that. But do you feel like Lost Box is going to uh, stay relevant? You think like uh, the addition to like Jet Energy to be able to get that early game, um, you know, Flower Selectings go a little bit more smoothly because now you can essentially double switch um with you know because it's a free retreat uh then and then you can just like switch again plus all the switch cards um all the ropes and stuff like that uh, or do you think iona was enough 
uh, like a Judge Iono combination is enough to just say, hey, lost box. I mean, once you get to the mid to late game, um, you're going down to two to three cards um, and you're just not going to stay consistent. Uh, I think it's still going to be relevant. Right? I think uh, the uh, the turbo versions is going to be good. I, I think any version will still be good. But um, I think turbo will probably be the one that takes takes off because what you said there at the end is what is going to be it's if it goes down is what's going to be taking it down is the late game disruption uh preventing you what it's doing is preventing you from being able to uh keep the combo cards things that you need that you don't have all the pieces for in your hand um you know like oh i drew I drew this Dragonite, you know, turn one. I don't necessarily need it now. I can't put, I don't want to put it down now, uh, but it's got to sit in my hand. But then if you're, I think what we're going to see in this format is hands aren't going to be kept and you're not going to get, you're not going to see that moment where Lost Box's hand is bigger than uh, its deck anymore. Um, I, I think there'll be enough disruption in cards that most decks will run enough to keep them disrupted. And where you're going to see is a lot more frustration in Lost Box saying, I had it, and then I got X, Y, Z. Right. And then I, they couldn't bring it back with whatever whatever <clears throat> they have on the board. They couldn't take the game with whatever they have on the board. Granted, I, I think some players that have put up a lot of experience will find ways to still prevent that from happening. Because you can build checkmates on the board where you say, I don't need my hand anymore mm -hmm. uh, with Lost Box. So, uh, yeah, I, that's why I think it'll still be prevalent, but not as popular. Okay. I mean, it's a fair assessment, so time will tell. We'll see where Lost Box goes. One other card I want to talk about that um, potentially could help Lost Box and, and any single prize deck, I think, more than anything is super rod being able to now get you know any combination of three Pokemon back into your uh, or basic energies back into your deck um, from your discard pile. I mean, I know um, there was a lot of fun decks. Um, uh, Strike Malamar is coming back, baby. Yeah, like Mal Malamar. We we've had Zora Arc box. Um, you know, kind of see you know ups and downs at least at, at the at the local level. Um, but then whenever um, <laughs> when um, you know, we had rotation. We lost the ability to recover these Pokemon. Uh, we're getting it back. Uh, do you feel like this card is relevant in in Lost Box, um, or or maybe even like a or Gardevoir or anything like that? Do we do we do we like this card? You know, I, I think Gardevoir. You know, I, I I don't think they play Miriam anymore. They just go with Super Rod. Um, yeah, uh, they were mostly just looking to try and get the evolution Pokemon back. Maybe. Um, maybe I mean they maybe in some testing they see that maybe they want two rods uh, because five was a great number in Miriam, but uh, I think three should be enough. Uh, I think it makes certain decks like a Malamar. I'm not saying that it's going to be good, but I've had Rapid Strike Malamar built minus two cards since uh, rotation, Indeed. pretty yeah. much. <laughs> uh, no, since rotation, I took the cards that rotated out. Uh, and then uh, Miriam, Miriam is just not a good replacement in that deck, so I just left the two ordinary rod spots whole, like just left them blank until Super Rod comes out. And I think that deck will be just as uh, I think it could be good. 
um, because it's single price in, in, in a very multi-price format at the moment. So um, we'll see. Yeah. But I, I, that's what Super Rod can bring back is is some other different archetypes too because you're not relying on a supporter to recover your cards, which is a really detriment for decks that yeah. require supporters to not do that. Yeah, I definitely think it's relevant. I think it will see place in some of the meta decks that we're going to see. Uh, any new spice, uh, you know, up to NAIC, I don't know if we're going to, um, you know, see just because Super Rod came back out. Um, but it's definitely a card uh, that I feel is very important for the format to keep it healthy and to keep certain decks in check, um, giving those, you know, single prize or, uh, decks um, a little bit more viability. Yeah, anything that currently played Miriam or just looking at Super Rod and going, I think this may be better. Yeah, that's well, most likely it it, it is it is for sure um all right i think that's gonna do it for us chuck unless you had anything else i think we had a pretty good wrap up of um you know the the meta that was the meta that potentially will be um obviously lots to do lots to test lots of the play but um that's i think about it for me yeah yeah no i'm i'm looking forward to a little bit more of the how they evolved especially after um chatting this out with you it's just i mean i've been in a little bit of like off-season mode so uh i've been but the talking about what paldea can bring i'm I'm excited for for some, some new uh, ideas out there and just uh getting some something fresh hopefully a little a little bit of a new spice take on mm-hmm. on what we have in that so cool all right well that's gonna do it for us and thank you everybody with hanging out with us again till the end um again keep uh keep an eye out uh, keep an eye out um on twitter for our giveaway we'll be doing that um you know once a month uh for the next couple of months at least on the over there on twitter and then again uh congratulations to um alberto alberto uh for winning the gumi art uh super jealous there um maybe chuck and i will try to you know sneak a, a gumi uh you know art win some somewhere somehow I know we've had some bad luck with that, but um, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Gumi, make me some art. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later. <laughs>